Welcome back to another episode of Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and Happy New Year to everyone. I'm super excited to talk today about, you know, like, let's recreate, etc. Et so let's do this. Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. So I was trying to go live on Instagram, and it was giving me all sorts of crazy feedback, so we won't be doing that again. Anyway, so Happy New Year to everyone. I'm so excited to be given this, I don't know, it feels like new energy when the new year happens, right? Like you get this new opportunity to try something new, to go in a different direction. Um, I don't know, it's just like pressing restart, so to speak. The only negative that I find with that is that um, you, you sometimes get stuck with those people who are quitting their New Year's resolution. So I never look at anything like as a New Year's resolution because those things we quit, right? We quit diets. We quit um, our new workout plan. We quit uh, resolutions. And it usually happens around week three of January. Everyone's kind of like, God, I'm over it. I I don't want to do this anymore. And so I never make New Year's resolutions. I just kind of look at it as a new breath of fresh air to try to, you know, change shit up. So for me, um, because of the fact that I already quit drinking around six months ago, um, for me, it's, you know, being a little bit more aware of sugar. Um, over Christmas, I, you know, lost my mind with baked goods because that's my, you know, weak spot. And my husband is zero help and bought donuts the one day. So I literally lived on donuts for an entire day. That's it. Nothing else. I was so, so sick. Um, and when I say lived on, I mean, I had like three of them, but that was all I ate all day, um, which is not good. Not advertising that at all because my entire face broke out. I felt lethargic. I had a headache. I felt like death. And so when I was thinking about like, okay, what's some, everyone's doing dry January. What's something that I can do? And so I decided like no more sugar in my coffee And the other day I went to do something else with sugar and I was like, yeah, we're not going to eat that. Um, But I'm still using honey in my tea because that's kind of like my nighttime thing. Uh, But for the bigger picture, right, what's the bigger picture? And for me, the bigger picture of where we're headed has to do with doing the work. And I don't know if I've talked about it here yet. But my therapist, I see a therapist um, once a week on Zoom, and it's literally a place where I go once a week and just brain dump everything that doesn't (laughs) go to you guys. Um, But it's like where I go to complain, right? Because I don't think it's my husband or children's or a friend's job to listen to me complain or work through shit and a lot of shit that I'm working through. I don't really want to work through it with my friends and my husband. I want to work through it myself first uh, before I take it to them, before I know how I feel about it. So what I do with my therapist once a week is usually kind of try to comb through my thoughts 
Um, does she help me with them? Yeah, she might point something out, but really it's a place for me to brain dump and work through and say out loud um, things I might have challenges with or things I might be trying to work out that I don't know what my end thought is on that. So that's what I do with a therapist. Well, my therapist is on maternity leave um, for 12 or so weeks. So I asked her if she could find me a marriage counselor um, for those 12 weeks. And there's nothing, quote, wrong with my marriage. I just thought that it would be a great opportunity for 12 weeks to go deeper in my marriage, in my communication, in my healing with my husband. Because I tend to not talk. I know. I know. I tend to not talk about the way that I'm feeling or my problems. Honestly, a lot of times I will say to my husband, if you want to know what's going on with me, go watch my social media because a lot of times you'll find out a lot there about me. And I've actually um, thought a lot of times about the fact that people that are on social media, people that do things like podcasts, they are probably extroverted introverts who have a hard time talking about their feelings with someone that they really care about, where with someone that can actually hurt them. But it's much easier to go on social media, on a podcast, write a book, whatever, um, with people that are not close to them, with people who can't hurt them, with people that they don't really have a, you know, if someone puts something on um, social media that is like challenging or rude, I can block them. I just hit a little button that says, I never have to see this person ever again. And I block them. Now, I don't do that with questions um, or conversations that challenge like uh, um, the way I think or like a, a good conversation. But if it's like you're fat, you're ugly, block. Um, with my my friends, my family, I can't really block them. Although I'd like to block them at times, I actually have to deal with them 24-7. So the thing of it is, is those people that are closest to me, um, that have a, uh, an, a, you know, an opportunity to hurt me or challenge me or, um, you know, whatever, those people it sometimes is more difficult for me to have that conversation with. And I'm sure many of you are the same way. So it's a lot of times easier for me to talk on social media. Um, but back to marriage counseling. So I decided while my therapist um, is on maternity leave that my husband and I would see, go to a marriage counselor. And what after a couple of weeks it's really turned into is, you know, um, let's fix Meredith because um, I realize um, – which has really been challenging over the past couple of weeks. And I, I don't know, like I think December or maybe the way it is, the planets, I am not really sure, but it feels like December um, a lot comes up and maybe it's because I take two weeks off. Maybe it's because my husband's home and like I can have a little bit more space. I don't have to do as much because he's here to take up the slack, but it seems like a lot comes up then. Um, I've also not been drinking for six months and so I feel like a lot of the stuff I was dealing with last December with avoidant attachment issues, um, which were like 
you know, um, if someone hurts me, I just retreat. If um, I'm a people pleaser, um, I don't have difficult conversations. I don't stick up for myself. These things. So then I tend to be nice versus kind. I'm not honest with people. Um, I tell them what they want to hear. So I tend to um, do that because as a child, um, I wasn't allowed to be confrontational. I wasn't allowed to necessarily speak up for myself. I'm sure a lot of Gen Xers listening to this understand that you didn't really have that conversation with your parents necessarily about what you didn't like. Um, you, you, it didn't go well. Okay. It was, you are the child. I am the parent. You do what I say. So we tended to be fake. We were fake basically because being real and talking about real emotions and real feelings, you got, you got comments like from your parents, you know, like you're being too sensitive. You're being melodramatic. Why are you being so dramatic with this? Like, you know, get your shit together and go to your room and come out when you've, you know, figured your shit out. You know, Gen Xers, we weren't really coddled with our emotions. Emotions were, we we don't want to deal with your emotions. And so growing up, we tend to not feel that anyone wants to deal with our emotions. You know, like our emotions are annoying. They're annoying to other people. And so, I tend to keep my emotions to myself, hence back to extroverted introvert, hence back to why I can share emotions here because you guys can just scroll or shut me off. Whereas if I share my emotions with my husband um, with avoidant attachment um, disorder, avoidant attachment issues that I have worked through last year, um, I feel like a bother. I feel like I'm being annoying or a nuisance that he's not going to hold space for my emotions, even though he always has. It doesn't matter. It's how I was trained. And so um, I worked through so much of that in November and December last year. And I believe that, you know, being um, sober now, unfortunately slash fortunately, a lot of that is coming up again in different and weird ways because it's kind of like i'm going i'm going back to a new me if that makes sense because the alcohol's gone so there's new shit coming up and so now i have to deal with this new shit um new problems new emotions new things and so um i've been dealing with a lot of feelings physical feelings of anxiety recently. And if anyone has the physical feelings of anxiety, rapid heart rate, um, shortness of breath, feeling dizzy, um, it's uncomfortable. No me gusta. I don't like it. And, you know, the other day, I'll give you a for example. Um, I was going this past weekend, maybe you saw on social media that I went to Cincinnati to visit my sister and my son, her family, um, et cetera. And so I was headed there last Thursday to visit for the weekend. And so my youngest son, Brock and I were going to leave on Thursday. And so I messaged my sister and I said, Hey, you know, do you want to get together Thursday night? 
And her response was, um, or I said, do you want to get together Thursday night or would you rather have me just go straight to the hotel? So this kind of made what time I left Chicago, that was kind of the decision maker. Like if I'm just going straight to the hotel, I can get to the hotel at nine. If we're going to do dinner, I should get to Cincinnati around five or six, right? So I was trying to gauge when I should leave Chicago to land in Cincinnati. Her response was, I'll see you Friday night. Now, if anyone out there understands what that did to me, <laughs> but I will tell you, it was not good because what that sentence said to me from a person who has issues with avoidant attachment and, you know, being, um, feeling bad about themselves and having low self-esteem basically is that all I heard was, is I don't want to see you Thursday. Friday's good. I'll see you then. And so in that moment, my avoidant attachment went through the roof. My abandonment issues went through the roof. And all I heard was, we're good. We'll see you on Friday. I don't want to see you on Thursday. I'll see you on Friday. Friday's plenty. And so my reaction internally is, well, screw this shit. I'm not driving five hours to go visit people who don't want to see me. That's stupid. Why would I leave my family? Why would I miss my daughter's volleyball tournament to go see people that I'm driving five hours to go see who do not give a shit, who do not want to see me? That was my response. That was my internal emotional reaction was run, run. These people don't care about you. They don't want to see you. They don't understand the effort you're putting in. I wanted to screenshot it and send it to my husband and say, see, see how horrible I'm treated. None of that was true. None of it was true. But boy, oh boy, did I have a nice scenario in my head. I had played it seven ways from Saturday. They don't like me. They don't care about me. They're just tolerating me coming and visit. I had absolutely no factual basis for those feelings except for childhood. I had no factual basis for those feelings except for young adulthood. I had no factual basis for those feelings from my sister. But that's immediately where I went. I didn't follow up with, oh, is everything okay? Oh, do you already have plans? Oh, I know. I just told you I was coming to visit a few days ago, so I understand that you possibly have plans, but that can't possibly be the reason that you want to see me on Friday. It must be because you don't want to see me. That's where I went with it. That's where my, that was the logic my head had. So then she responded a few, you know, like, I don't even know, maybe 15 minutes later, probably not even, and said, hey, my work schedule has been crazy. I've actually been working at two o'clock in the morning. I've been working super late. I don't know what my work schedule is for Thursday, but I know for a fact I will be done working on Friday so we can have a relaxing evening, having dinner and spending time. We can't wait to see you. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, oops. 
right? See how it was totally a different situation? Same same things going on. Nothing's changed. The story's changed. Wow. Right? That's a that's quite quite different. And so my response was, thank you so much for expounding on that because my abandonment issues were going wacko. So I brought it up in therapy. I brought it up in couples counseling. And we talked about how I can look at a situation and I can define it and say, wow, I'm feeling really triggered right now. My abandonment issues are coming up. And I can see that. I'm good at that. That's what I do for a living. I, you know, I can see it. Reading myself is a little bit more challenging. But what she said is I need to look and realize that I was reacting from my eight-year-old self, my eight-year-old self who wasn't let in the house on snow days because I was a Gen Xer. And so we were like kicked out in the morning and said like, have fun, go play with your friends. I'll see you for lunch or dinner. So I felt that I wasn't wanted. I felt like no one wanted to be around me. When I would go knock on my neighbor's door when I was a kid and they didn't want to play, I felt shunned. I felt unwanted. And it probably goes back to being a child of divorce. I'm not blaming. This is no blame. Blame is a pointless game. I am looking to reasons that I have low self-esteem and feel that when someone says, hey, I'll see you on Friday, and maybe this is, you know, like from where I have sat in my life, I just thought that that's a normal way to feel, that this person doesn't want to be around me, they don't care about me, which I have no basis in reality for that. And so what my therapist said was, hey, that's a, you know, and I could, like I said, I see this for other people, but for myself, that's your eight-year-old operating system saying, this person doesn't really want to be around me. And so what do I do, right? What do I do? I, I know that this is triggering from childhood. I know I'm being triggered that people don't want to be around me. I know I'm being triggered that I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy. I know I'm being triggered. And so what I needed to do in that moment and what I did during therapy is I looked and I said, that's not 2024, Meredith. That's, you know, 1978, Meredith. That's 1983, Meredith, who's reacting. And even just talking about it right now, I can feel that. Wow. And so I need to go, you know, you're safe now. You may have had a reason to feel that way before, but you don't have to feel that right way right now. And so that part of you is being triggered in this moment, but that's not your reality right now. So I see you. I see you, little Meredith. I see you. I see you trying to keep me safe. And during therapy because of what I do mixed with what she does, I'm able to see what 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 is happening in that moment is my eight-year-old self is trying to keep me safe. My eight-year-old self is trying to keep me safe. You see how that works? 
She shows up and she's like, hey, it's happening again. Run. Run. Get out. Run. This isn't going to go well. Get out of here. And now I can see that. Now I can see my anxiety is my child self trying to keep me safe. She's showing up and going, hey, I just want to let you know this shit's about to go really bad, so you need to get out of here. But the difference is, is now I have a house and freedom and a car and a loving husband and a loving family. So I don't need to evacuate. I don't need to, to run anymore. I don't need to not have the difficult conversation with my sister that says, hey, is everything okay? Why, why didn't you want to hang out on Thursday? And she can go, oh, no, 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 it's not you. I just have to work. It's just my little self showing up trying to keep me safe. So all that depression, all that anxiety, all that frustration, all those triggers, that's very possibly your child self showing up trying to keep you safe. And so as we move into 2024, how cool is it that we can look at these triggers coming up in our daily life, in our, I'm never going to be a boss, in my, I'm never going to get healthy, I'm never going to find a partner, I'm never going to get the career that I want, I'm never going to be able to go on that vacation. Uh, I can't fly in an airplane. I'm afraid of dogs. Um, I hate seafood. No matter what it is, there's a very, very, very good chance that it has absolutely nothing to do with your current self. Absolutely nothing to do with your current self. But it's all your child, your inner child, your eight-year-old self, your three-year-old self, your 12-year-old self, your 16-year-old self showing up and going, hey, asshole, don't do that. You're going to die. Hey, you, you, you're not lovable. You're not love. People don't like you. Don't go up to that girl and say hi. Remember what mom and dad said? Mom and dad said you're an idiot. No one likes you. Don't go up to that boy and ask him to hang out. You're not lovable. Don't try to get a new job. You're a loser. And so as an adult, we listen to that voice. We listen to that voice that was planted in our brain when we were little kids. And that voice is trying to keep us safe as adults. We don't need that voice anymore. And so this is where addiction falls into, into play, right? When we want to ask the girl out, when we want to start a new thing in our life, when we want to have the balls, the courage, the guts to go try the new thing, when we want to think we're worthy of self-care, when we want to stop drinking, but we hear that voice from mom or dad or teacher or softball coach or whatever it was, we hear that voice and says, who do you think you are? 
How dare you? How dare you think that you're good enough to have your sister want to hang out with you on on Thursday night? How dare you? No one wants you around, Meredith. That's just not true. That's just not true. None of it's true. None of it's ever been true, actually. That was a them problem. It's not a you problem, and it never was a you problem. You were worthy of being in the house on snow days. You were worthy of having friends when you were a kid. You were worthy of all of it. But those adults just couldn't see it. They didn't have the time or emotional intelligence to love on you the way you needed. And so instead, they pushed you away because they didn't have the emotional aptitude. They didn't have the time or energy or space in their life because of their trauma, because of their addictions, because of their you know, inability to raise children. We're not blaming. We're understanding. We're understanding why we have anxiety. We're understanding why we aren't going for the bigger job. We're understanding why we are triggered by certain situations and want to run away, avoidant, or we get anxious and have to check in and text and check in anxious attachment. Why we think when our parents approve of us, then we will be happy. All these things, all these things, they come up so that you can heal them. All these triggers come up so that you can heal them. All this shit that makes you uncomfortable is an opportunity for healing. And so we are going to start taking these opportunities over the next few weeks. Hopefully, some of you are trying dry January. If you are, kudos. If you're panicking right now because we are on, what, the 8th of January and you want to quit and you're like, this is so stupid. Yeah, because, you know, day three, you were physically um, not addicted to alcohol anymore. If you're doing dry January. So now the eighth, it's kind of like, why am I doing this? There's no reason for this. I'm good. I'm good. Keep going. You're like, but I don't feel any different. Keep going. Every day you're not drinking is a step towards your health. Seven different cancers that you are preventing by just being sober today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about January 20th. Don't worry about January 15th. Just do today. Just be sober today. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just be sober today. If you're in dry January and you're having a rough time, just today. That's all you got to worry about today. Today's easy. You can do today. Maybe it's something else you want to cut out. Maybe it's sugar. Maybe it's spending. Good God. That's one thing is is the, the toxic spending during December like almost sticks to you. And then in January, you're like, oh my God, I don't want to spend any money. I hate the store. These are all opportunities for healing. This is a great month for healing because if you are cutting out, you know, bad food. Oh, I just watched a great four part, I think it was, show on Netflix. You are what you eat. Go watch that. I watched it in one sitting. Um yesterday. It's excellent. Watch it with your kids. Watch it with your spouse. It's 
excellent. I am a dumb, crazy, you know, healthy eater, except for Christmas time. And I got so much out of it. You are what you eat on Netflix. Um, I think it's like a new release. It was excellent. If you want to see the difference between like what food does to your DNA and um, your gut health, your gut biome, that's an excellent, excellent um, little four-part series to watch. And um, I always look at it like the more information you have, the easier, the easier it is to make healthy choices. So go check out um, You Are What You Eat. It's excellent. And, um, you know, if anyone wanted to, if anyone's following um, the Island House, there's a video that I have up on my Instagram, um, Meredith underscore Willits. I did a whole walkthrough of the house over there. So if you're following me about the Island House, um, right now we're doing work on the outside. It's getting new windows and new siding. So um, I will have updates about that. There's not really much to update right now. I saw someone commented um, saying they started following me because of the house. As soon as I have more information, I'll update you. We did get a um, photo album from the previous owner's daughters. And so I will be sharing some photos from that from the house being built back in 1939. So stay tuned on Instagram and Facebook for photos um, from the house on the island being built. Just so cool, really cool stories. So stay tuned on social media for that. But stay with me over the next few weeks here um, on the podcast, Meredith with a Y, because I'm going to be talking about all these different ways that we can really uh, create the person who we want to be. We are not stuck with our reactions, our anxieties, our depressions. We're not stuck being this person with the reactions that we have um, accumulated through our lifetime. And we're going to be talking about that over this next um, season. And so um, that'll be super fun. So if you haven't left a review on the podcast, please do so. Meredith with a Y, everywhere where you can listen to podcasts. If you think someone could benefit from this, please send them either this video from social or the podcast, um, share with them. But if you haven't left a review, please do so. It does help me quite a bit. Um, I will be back here same time and same place next week. Cheers to a healthy and happy week. I'll see you guys here next time. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillits.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y. For behind-the-scenes footage and outtakes, please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers. Cheers.